G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Today with Jeff Vines, author, pastor, apologist and Bible teacher with a straight-talking message from the Word. Until you admit there's an unseen world that impacts the seen world, you're going to be fighting a battle. You're going to lose a lot of battles. Hopefully someday you won't lose the war. Today with Jeff Vines. Hello and welcome. My name is Bill. Thanks for joining me on Today with Jeff Vines. In this episode, Pastor Jeff is finishing a message about the unseen world. We're exploring how the spiritual battle behind the scenes affects our daily life. Pastor Jeff is preaching from Revelation chapter 12. So let's get into it now on Today with Jeff Vines. Player three. So we got the woman. We got the people of God, we got the dragon, the devil, and then I love this guy. I love the third guy, Michael, the archangel. That's what I'd like to be when I grow up. Michael, the archangel. Because if you were to ask Michael, if you read all the New Testament, hey, hey, Michael, what do you do for a living? Here's what he'd say. I kill bad things. That just sounds fun. I kill bad things. And John is hearing Jesus, and Jesus says, everything you saw while I was on planet Earth, while I was God in the flesh, everything you saw... There was more to it because as I'm living my life here, trying to accept and complete the role of Messiahship where he's going to die for your sins and mine, he says, the same time I'm living, there's war in heaven. Verse seven, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back. Now you think about how this happens. Just just think with me. Interesting dialogue here. What happens as soon as Jesus accepts the role of Messiahship to die on the cross for your sins and mine, he goes out into the wilderness to pray and who meets him there? So as soon as he makes a decision to accomplish the will of his father, who shows up? And he says to him, hey, why don't, you're hungry, you've been fasting, why don't you turn this stone into some bread? Now there's nothing wrong with turning stone into bread if you're hungry, right? But it was a spiritual distraction. He wanted Jesus to concentrate on the physical need rather than the spirituality. Isn't it interesting? As soon as you make up your mind that you're going to start praying and having your devotions, don't you find it interesting that your mind thinks about a thousand other things and you can't concentrate? Where does that come from? Is it from God? Or is the unseen world impacting the seen world? Then he says to him, why don't you just throw yourself down? Just dive right on down. And if you're really the Messiah, God will send his angels and save you. See, a little doubt in Jesus' mind. What do you mean, if I'm the Messiah? Isn't that what he does? He likes to try to challenge you, to tell you that you're not really worth anything. You're worthless. You might as well end your life. I mean, you're pathetic. Why do you even get up in the morning? I can't understand. And it just keeps going. Those, Those voices in your head, you think that comes from the unseen world, maybe? And then he says, okay, since you want to do that, just bow down and worship me, I'll give you everything. Now, first, it wasn't all of his to give, 
But notice what happens here. This, I wish I had more time. This would be a whole sermon. Think about it. Satan is saying this to Jesus. Why go to the cross and then get everything? Just be a dazzling Messiah. Dazzle us with all kinds of feats and worship me. I'll give you everything now and you don't have to go through the suffering Messiahship. You see, the whole time Jesus is on our earth, Satan knows I've got to either kill him or cause him to sin. If I call him, cause him to sin, he has to die for his own sins. He can't die for anybody else's. And if I can kill him before he gets to the cross, it'll ruin everything. And as soon as Satan sees that Jesus is pretty strong, what does he do? He turns his attention to other humans and tries to get them to do his dirty work for him. So you go over to John 11. I mean, you think about it. When's the last time you saw a person raised from the dead? Okay, it's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> Bethany. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Come out. He's walking out. Unloose him, let him go. I love the King James Version. It says, and behold, there was a stink. Because <laughs> he was, all right, behold, he stinketh. And, and all the crowd in Bethany, they're all there. And they're like, man, this is really, you'd think the response would be, let's all follow this guy. This guy conquered death. He knows the way, let's go. What was the response? Well, John eleven fifty three. 53. From that day on, they plotted to kill him. How does that work? How does that? Okay, he did something really good. Let's kill him. And Jesus took the threat seriously because the next verse says, therefore, Jesus no longer moved about publicly among the Jews. What's happening here? How can you be so twisted to kill a guy who raised somebody from the dead? Is there, is there an unseen world that's impacting? Is there a war in heaven? Confusion? And then when Jesus gets into the garden, oh, now Satan really steps up the attack. You think about it. Now all of a sudden, vicious beatings, a scourging, which Jesus encountered was called halfway death because in Roman culture, most people died before they ever got to the cross through the 39 lashes, you know, the bone designed to extract the flesh as it's pulled away. If you saw Mel Gibson's movie, The Passion, forget Mel Gibson, but remember The Passion. <laughs> it was historically very good stuff there. Our, Jesus looked at the, the Pharisees, Sadducees, the religious leaders, and he said, for which of these great works the blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed. Do you kill me for? Why do you want to kill me? And then, of course, he's in the garden, and he's so anxious about what he's about to face. And the Bible says the angels come and do what? Strengthen him. Was that Michael? Hey, Jesus is feeling a little down. Get down there, man. Get down there. Take care of him. Remind him who he is and what he's about to accomplish. And now we all like to quote Hebrews 12. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. So Jesus is just trying to say to John, John, there's so much more you didn't see. There was a war. There was a battle in heaven, the dragon. There's a woman and God's protecting his people. And then when Jesus fulfilled his mission, it's beautiful. I can't do the rest of it, but it says that the devil and his angels were thrown out of heaven, that they could no longer accuse you and me. God said, talk to the hand. Why? Why? Because before, before Jesus' death, he could talk to God. But now he says, look at that guy, Jeff Vines. Man, he's a preacher in the church. And you know, he talks a good game, but I'm telling you, he's got weaknesses. And here's what God says. Don't you think I know that? Dealt with it. Forgiven. Past. Present. Futures. Son of God. Do you know? That's, that's how he looks at every single one of you. So when that guilt starts coming, those things start happening, I'm forgiven. Now, you still got to do better. You don't want to quench the fire of the Spirit, but hey, that's the battle. Now, here's the bad news. <laughs> Satan's mad. He's thrown out of heaven. Can't talk to God no more. 
And what does he do? Woe to the earth and sea because the devil has gone to you. He's filled with fury because he knows his time is short. He says, I'm doomed. That's it. Game over. But I'm going to take as many of you guys I can with me. And when the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. And then the dragon was enraged at the woman who went off to make war against the rest of her offspring. Offspring, new converts, new converts. You think when you come to Christ, your life's going to get easy. War's been declared on you, man. You crossed over. You're in a battle now. You think it was hard before? It's going to be hard now to those who obey God's commandments and hold the testimony of Jesus. Okay, you say, Jeff, I got it, I got it, I got it. What's the point of all this? Here's the point. The same way that the unseen world was trying to take Jesus out, there's an unseen world trying to ruin you. And he works best incognito. Doesn't like it when preachers talk about it. He'd just like to remain obscure. To where he might be there, but he might not be. And this unseen world can tempt you, can manipulate your thinking, can get inside your head, can deceive you, can intimidate, can confuse, can rob you of your joy, can twist your thinking, can make you believe that something there that is not. And for those of you who came here this weekend and you're thinking, Pastor Jeff, I liked you, I heard about you, but now it's like, ooh, it's, ooh, oh, this is crazy stuff, 21st century. I have a message, a word from you, and here, a word to you, and here it comes. That's right. Now, I realize some of you are just ticked right now. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it to be that loud, so give me mercy and grace, okay? That's what the Christian faith. I'm sorry. But on the other hand, wake up. This is the point, man. Come on. Father, just let's talk for a moment, okay? You and me. Let's talk. Have you never seen something happen or heard about something that happened? And you just thought to yourself, man, that's just evil. No other explanation for it. Man, that is just, that's evil. You ever been to Auschwitz? I went to Poland a few years ago. When you go to concentration camps and people go in, everybody just stops talking. It's silence. You go in, you see the gas ovens where they suffocated the children. There's a part of you that starts thinking, my goodness, this was not just one man losing his temper one day. This was careful calculation by thousands. Thousands and thousands decided one day, hey, you know what? I think we all think together it's a good idea just to round up all Jewish men and women and little boys and little girls and exterminate them. This is a good idea. This will help us achieve something that is good. How could this happen on this planet? What were you thinking? Three weeks from today, I'll go to Rwanda. And we'll start that journey up the mountain on the Congo border. And I've got three hours to think about the fact that I'm going to be preaching to the instigators of the Rwandan genocide, the masterminds. There'll be 10, 11,000 people in that prison. And all the way, I'll be thinking the same thing. I'm sorry, I mentioned this a lot, but I'm still, I'm not over it. When you go there and you see it, let me get this straight. People who live beside each other for like 10, 15 years, went to camp together played soccer together, took team photos together, you know, shared a Coke together, all that stuff. One day, it just seems like a good idea to go to the shed and grab a machete and go and hack your friend to death. 800,000 plus of them. Really? Germany's still embarrassed. 
They still ask themselves, how, how could that have made sense to people of Germany? Prisoners in Rwanda, for many of them, not all of them, they'll repent. The Spirit of God will move. And they'll think to themselves, how, on, well, how why did I do this again? This was my friend. Why, why did I do that? And if you ever have the chance to read Machete Season, a powerful work, and right in the middle of the book, you start reading the testimony of these 10 men who instigated the genocide, and I'll never forget the line jumps off the page. They say, after the first killing, it was like somebody else was holding the machete in my hand. Once I kill the first child, I got a thirst for blood, and it was insatiable. And they would go in the evenings, 90 days of this, they'd go in the evenings and they would laugh and talk about their killings and divvy up the land owned by those they'd killed. Really? Really? You thought that this is a good idea? Hey, I'm from the South. I'm related to people who thought slavery was a good idea. That's right. Let's just go over to another continent and let's force these men and women and children to leave their homes. Let's bring them over here. Let's work them hard, pay them nothing. Don't feed them very, very well. Make sure they don't become educated and just abuse them at our whim. But let's go to church on Sunday and say, praise the Lord. Really? How does that work? What I'm trying to say, there is an invisible world and you know in your heart that impacts the visible world. And the same voice that spoke to Hitler and the Rwandan generals and the slave traders and the creators of child pornography speaks to you every single day. And there is an unseen world that is pursuing you to bring death, not life. Now stay with me here. Let me just talk to you. I got five minutes left. I'm concerned. I love you. I do. I'm just concerned sometimes that we listen to the wrong voices. A husband and wife, now stay with me, a husband and wife, they're having some difficulties. Well, welcome to the real world. Okay. And all of a sudden, as the wife's in a fight with the husband, she thinks to herself, you know what? I could do better. As a matter, matter of fact, I deserve better. I don't have to put up with this. I can go contact my high school boyfriend on Facebook. He'll treat me better. Why don't I just give him a call and give up on this marriage? Whose voice is that? Can you say his name? Yeah, it doesn't come from God. God's voice is saying this. Hey, you can do this. Seek help and godly counsel for the sake of your children. It's not always about you. Your career, a little voice, take a little extra money, cheat on the expense account, embezzle a little more. Tax time. You know what? This should be a deductible. I can't believe it's not a deductible. I'm going to count it as a deductible. If God were here, it would be a deductible. <laughs> Whose voice is that? You think that's God telling you that should be a deductible? Your joy wants to, take it, wants to kill you. You know that, right? I got a friend. He says that when he was a little boy, he remembers wanting more than anything else to throw baseball with his dad. Just go out in the yard, throw baseball. <laughs> and finally, his dad came out one day and they're throwing his dad gets down like the catcher. You know, he, he's firing the baseball and he misses the target, almost misses the yard. And dad's got to get up and go get the ball, throws it back. Says, son, hit the target, misses it again. And then he comes back and says, son, if you can't hit the target, I'm not going to play catch with you. Now, what happens after that? Now, that's real pressure. He throws it over his head. Dad stands up, throws down the glove, says, if you can't do it, I'm not playing and walks in the house. My friend said, you know, I've never forgotten that. I've never forgotten. Now, let me, tell, let me say something to you. I, I feel for you. I'm not belittling that. You can't even remember the pin number to your bank card, but you can remember every time somebody's hurt you. Why? You think that's God? Uh-uh. 
devil wants you to remember every little time that you live by that because he knows you'll never go forward and live the abundant life because you'll be stuck on what somebody did in the past. Oh, he loves that. I had a friend wound me in New Zealand, a very close friend, very close friend now, wound me severely. I had two voices in my head. One would talk to me at night while I was praying before I go to bed. It would say, you know what? Forgive. This is the core of your faith, Jeff. You think you haven't wounded God? You think you haven't wounded people? Forgive. It is the way of our faith. But I would sleep on it. When I got up in the morning and I'd be washing my hair in the shower, and this happened like every day, and I had more hair then, so it took longer. And so I'm washing my hair, and another voice would say, you don't have to take this. You stand up for yourself. You tell them what you really think, and you'll feel better. Will you feel better? No, you won't. Whose voice is that? Is that God? No, it's not. He wants to rob you of your faith. You tell God that if he does this thing, this one thing that you've asked for, you'll believe. And if he doesn't deliver, then you just tell him you're out of here. Can you say, jump from this height, and if you're really the Messiah, God will save you? Where does that come from? Your children. There's a voice. You don't have time to spend. You're trying to work, man. And there's a voice that tells you, man, you don't have to spend time with your children. They understand. They understand you've got to work like this. You're, you're just trying to provide them with everything they want, but they don't want everything they want. They want you. Whose voice is that? The reason I'm hammering this this weekend and not going past it is because we're like people who signed up to fight. Okay? We go out in the battlefield and bullets start whizzing over our head. And all of a sudden, we stand out out of the bunker and we say, was it something I said? <laughs> no. You're in a battle, man. When you're in a battle, bullets come at you. Fiery darts, Paul calls them, are coming your way. And I'm just concerned. I'm concerned of things I hear. Now, none of us are perfect. We all have our issues. All I'm trying to say to you, until you admit there's an unseen world that impacts the seen world, you're going to be fighting a battle. You're going to lose a lot of battles. And hopefully, someday, you won't lose the war. So I have a couple married. This is happening a lot more often, not just from time to time. A young couple, maybe older couple, been married maybe two years. Some have been married 20. And all of a sudden, they want to talk to me. And the woman will say, well, I, I just, I'm just moving on. Did he cheat on you? No, no. There's no infidelity? No, no. Has he been a, a good husband? Stay at work, provide? Yeah, yeah. Well, what's the problem? I just want to try something else. Where does that voice come from? You think that's from God? And then here's the line that I hear that's amazing. I think God wants me to be happy. Oh, God just cares about you. He doesn't care about the death and devastation you leave behind. He doesn't care that your husband is sad and fighting for his marriage with all his life. You just think he cares about you. Well, where do you think that voice comes from? That doesn't come from God. I preached last Sunday night. I walked out, got in the car, started home. A little voice came in my head. You know what? You're really worthless. This church could do so much better with another preacher. You're just, you're weak. Has that ever happened to you? Where do you think that comes from? Young adults, I try to tell them that the act of marriage is for the act of marriage. And I try to tell them, don't do that. Young girls, don't give yourself away. This, guy, this boy, this man has not earned the right. He's not earned the right. Not until he commits to you. And they say, well, we're going to get married anyway. Oh, I don't know that verse that says, well, unless you're going to get married anyway, then go ahead. <laughs> you see the problem? 
guy's addicted to pornography and he says, well, at least I don't go out and commit fornication and adultery. My response is, yes, you are. Jesus said, as you think in your heart, you might as well do. Now that doesn't give you license to go do. My point is this, folks. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And that someone is you. And I believe that God in this series face to face would take your head in his hands and say, man, do you realize you're in a spiritual battle? This is a war and there's an unseen world that impacts the seen world. And unless you're ready, you're going to lose. And my question to you is, are you ready? Are you ready? And you say, well, Jeff, how am I ready? Come back next week. I'll let you know. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the power of Revelation 12, for the power of your word. Thank you that our eyes can be opened through a powerful vision in the book of Revelation, that there has always been an unseen world that greatly impacts the world that is seen. I pray that our eyes would have been open, and I pray now as we stand together and close our time together, that we would remember that what we've heard may be true and is true, but greater is he in us than he that is in the world, that you are stronger than anything we face. And when the lies come and the deceptions occur, you, if we submit, will lead us to the truth. And then it is up to us to have the courage to walk in the path that you've laid out and to trust you for the end result. You are stronger. You are good. We are grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us on Today with Jeff Vines. I hope that helps you understand Revelation 12 a bit better and what the meaning of it is for us today. We've heard about the unseen world and next time, Pastor Jeff will get into how we conquer this unseen world. Please join me for that. According to the Bible, the evil one uses deceit to get you to do what you know you shouldn't do. He uses fear and intimidation to stop you from doing what you know you ought to do. Today with Jeff Vines. For more from Pastor Jeff, head to vision.org.au forward slash Jeff Vines. Today with Jeff Vines. Just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.